Welcome to Perspectives on City Management, brought to you by the Texas City Management Association, or TCMA. I'm your host, TCMA Social Media Coordinator, Stacy Ford Osborne. Perspectives is a podcast about the people who work hard every day to keep Texas cities running smoothly. Each episode, we visit with city managers and other municipal public servants to discuss the business of local government and the people who make it work. Like many industries in the United States right now, local government is currently seeking new talent to join the profession as our older city managers begin to retire. To help recruit and to prepare the new generation of city management employees, TCMA's City Managers of Tomorrow Committee works with university programs and young people who are interested in joining the profession. Today, it's my privilege to welcome several people who are involved with that process. I'd like to welcome our guests, Corby Alexander, City Manager for the City of LaPorte and Chair of the City Managers of Tomorrow Committee, Joey Dunn, Deputy City Manager for the City of Bryan, and TCMA Manager in Partnership for Texas A&M University. Then we have Brian Nakamura, Nakamura, pardon me, former city manager and assistant professor at Texas A&M, and Tegan Trammell, who's a student at Texas A&M. He's also an intern with the city of Bryan. Welcome to all of you. It's really nice to have you here today. We're excited to talk about the, the future leaders of city management. Before we start diving into the next generation, let's talk a little bit about yourselves. Give us a little bit of background on you. Corby, um, I've known you for a long time. I worked with you when I was at the city of LaPorte several years ago. But um, tell us how long you've been with the city and what sparked your interest about the city managers of Tomorrow Committee? Yeah, so I've I've been in local government uh, pretty much all my adult life. And so, uh, but I've been with the city of uh, LaPorte for going on 12 years now. So uh, we had obviously had a really good time. Um City Managers Tomorrow, what sparked my interest is, uh, yeah, well, let me back and tell you my story. Uh, my first introduction into local government uh, happened in eighth grade. My eighth grade teacher happened, math teacher happened to be uh, the wife of the city manager. And so uh, I kind of caught what I didn't know was a city management bug in the eighth grade. And so uh, it has it, it has been something that just stuck with me over time. And so uh, one of the things that interested me about uh, the work that we do at the City Managers of Tomorrow is, is I'd like to be, find a way to uh, spark that same bug uh, in, in our upcoming leaders uh, of tomorrow. Yeah, it would be great if we could get more students interested in, in local government at that early age. That's fantastic. So good luck with that. I know you'll do a great job. Joey, how did you get into the city of Bryan and how do you interface with Texas A&M? Okay, I'll try to be brief. Uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll start back at uh, how I got exposed really to, I guess, government, local government and uh, public service. I, I grew up in a small town in Alabama, and uh, the founder was a German general, John G. Coleman, who was a city planner. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I had always wanted to be an architect. I came to A&M through a career change program in architecture in 90, gosh, 91. <laughs> uh, and I thought I'd be here a couple of years. Well, I, I was able to kind of uh, be true to what I thought would be uh, more practical for me. And that was uh, the public interest side that dealing with um, from an urban planning standpoint. So that was my background in coming to Texas. My wife and I moved here in 91 and I have not 
uh, moved out of this Bryan College Station, Texas A&M community. Uh, I interned at the city of Bryan 30 years ago. I'm, I think it's going on 31 years ago now. Uh, and then worked in College Station a couple of times. And then uh, found my way into city management <laughs> through the through the uh, process of working through, um, again, working in both cities, Bryan and College Station. It's never a short story, is it? And that's, never that's is. it's always so interesting to hear how people got into their cities and how they got into the profession. Um, tell us how you, how do you interface with Texas A&M? So uh, it has been a, it's been an honor to be part of uh, a couple of different areas. I, I enjoy, you know, we're just right here. It's great to be a college town and find a college station. And uh, I have been uh, on an advisory committee over 20 years for the planning department. Again, I keep talking about planning, but there's, there's, there's a related field, right? Uh, and then when the Bush School was established, uh, you know, in the late 90s, uh, that supplied you know, the cream of the crop in terms of interns and students, but uh, more directly just opportunities for collaboration. So Hugh Walker, uh, who's other deputy city manager for City of Bryan and I have been involved with collaborating uh, for, again, well over 25 years now, but you know, since the establishment of the Bush School. And it's just a great privilege to be that, that host community, if you will, the, the, the place where students don't have to drive, you know, to get an internship or to get a little bit of experience. And uh, we're very proud of the, uh, uh, the, the long list of interns who've gone on to become city managers or leaders in communities all over the place. So, um, you know, anyway, that's, that's our... Um, you know, that, that's been my interaction with, with A&M, specifically with the Bush School. And you know, Rob Greer, it's been a privilege to work with him for some time. And then, of course, now Brian, uh, who's on this podcast, as, as well as Paul Hoffman, you know, is a former city manager in Texas. And, um, you know, it's, it's just great to be able to collaborate, not just with uh, specific classes, but the program in, in general. Definitely a win-win for both the city and the university. Um, Brian? Professor, tell us a little bit. You were you were a former city manager, and now you've gone over to the I don't know if it's the dark side or the light side working at <laughs> working in academia. But tell us a little bit about your background and how you work with the with the with Texas city managers. Okay, well, you know, Stacey, it's been a, a, an interesting career and an, an exciting career and a fun one, right? Lifelong learning is kind of something that I think all of us on this podcast would agree that is so beneficial. And um, as a senior manager, I'm not going to say age because I don't want to offend Corby and, and Joey and others. But uh, uh, the reality is um, when I was in my uh, doctoral studies, I kind of hit a fork in the road, per se. And it was either go into the profession or teach. And I I felt that, you know, actually working in the profession would be beneficial, uh, not just for myself, but for uh, uh, the commitment to public service, right, the, uh, which I'll get back to in terms of the George Bush philosophy of uh, public services and noble calling. Um, so I went and uh, fortunately was early in my career, I was able to secure a city management position and uh, served in about five or six cities in city management. And then um, as I was thinking about contemplating a shift, uh, I was uh, blessed with having a mayor who was a, uh, a tenured faculty member at the University of California and said, well, if you're thinking about the 
disengaging from the profession, you need to come teach what you've you've experienced. And so um, he, I was able to join the University of California, um, Riverside, as a faculty member there, and then eventually worked my way to the University of Arkansas. And now I'm found home here at the University um, at Texas A&M with the Bush School. And um, I really do think there's just this opportunity to kind of be able to blend that practice with academia. And um, I call it, uh, and it's not a, a term that I created, of course, but being a pracademic, right, a practicing academician. And I think it's, it's a great opportunity to impart knowledge and wisdom, but also just learn. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we live in a dynamic society. So being able to understand how Tegan, who's on this podcast, really thinks about where society's going economically, socially, and environmentally is something that we can work together and collaborate on. And we can build that wealth of knowledge and that experience and then have our leaders of tomorrow, Tegan, uh, take the reins and know that we're going to be headed in a direction that will create greater good for our society and for all of us. And so it, it's just been a tremendous uh, uh, learning opportunity for me uh, as much as it is a sharing opportunity. So Tegan, you are a very valuable person right now. Everyone wants to talk to young people and everyone wants young people to be in their industry. So um, tell us a little bit about the city man, about how you, um, what, what you're doing at A&M and your internship with the city of Bryan and what interests you about public service so that we can replicate that with other people in your generation. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I'm just starting my career, so I don't have, you know, as big of a background as everybody else here. But I mean, I'm currently in my second and final year at the Bush School, and I'm working on my master's in public service and administration. Uh, specifically, I'm on the public management management track with a concentration in state and local government. And then kind of going into my internship, my official role with the city of Bryan is the executive management intern. And um, as Hugh Walker explained in my interview, my job is basically to do all the things that the rest of the city management team might not have time for, which is actually pretty great for me because I'm getting to do the same type of stuff that they do, you know, on a day basis. Um, but more specifically, I guess, uh, you know, through my internship, I've helped draft RFPs, uh, reached out to other cities to learn how they address this issue you know, that we're facing um, and even helped prepare, you know, some presentations or policies for our city council. Um, and, you know, overall, I can't say enough good thing about uh, my internship experience. Sally Jerica, our office coordinator in the city manager's office, does a great job putting on our um, internship every year. And, you know, everyone at the city has really bought into the whole idea of the importance of internships. So it's really helped me and all the other interns for me get a lot out of our um, internship. But I guess going back to your question about, you know, why I'm interested in local government, uh, you know, I kind of got into political science in undergrad and I didn't know what I would do with that. But uh, luckily, one of my professors, Dr. John Sedick, shout out to him. Uh, he said, maybe you should check out this city management thing. I think it's a really great way for young people to get involved and really make a difference. And after an internship in Jefferson City and now this internship in Bryan, I really just found out that if I want to make the biggest impact, I think city management and local government specifically is definitely the best way to do that. I don't disagree about that, but why why do you think local government is more impactful? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just more connected to the community. You know, I mean, 
state and federal government, it's great. You're making policies that affect, I guess, a wider range of people. But um, local government is definitely, you know, the street level bureaucracy. It's where your boots on the ground. You're actually impacting your community. You're meeting with the people that you're actually affecting every day. So that's kind of what interests me about it, I guess. So, Corby, let's talk a little bit about preparing the next generation and the city managers of tomorrow committee. What tell us, first of all, what what is the committee? What are the what are the goals of it? And then what are your specific goals for this coming year? Absolutely. Well, first of all, if I, I could back up and, and say I was really excited to hear Joey talk about the cream of the crop coming from uh, the George Bush School, because I, I am an alum uh, of the Bush School. In fact, we were. Yes, you are. <laughs> Living example. Absolutely. Absolutely. So but but having said that, I, I think um, it, it was great experience. And, and, I, and we have young people all over the state of Texas that are in uh, outstanding uh, undergraduate programs and graduate programs uh, that are that are learning uh, and growing and doing really great things. And, and they are uh, have the potential to be tremendous assets for us in local government. Uh, but uh, there's got to be some exposure to local government and an understanding of what local government is. And, and somewhere someone's got to uh, light the fire or, or plant the seed or however you want to describe it to, to gear that talent toward local government. And that is one of the hopes and goals of the city managers of tomorrow is that we will be able to plant seeds uh, in our young and upcoming leaders, uh, plant seeds that would cause them to grow and be interested in local government. Uh, so that's one step. So we, we have programs uh, like uh, the Intercollegiate Bowl. Uh, we have the uh, what we're now calling the Managers in Partnerships, which which is a uh, program where we're partnering with uh, area universities. Uh, there's a list all over the state where we're going into the classrooms, we're, we're talking to students, we're telling them about the field and we're we're expressing to them really the satisfaction and and some of the things that Tegan just said, and I just love to hear them because they're so true. This is really the level of government that uh, I'm personally passionate about. And I believe more people will be passionate about if they really understood the work that we do. So, so that's one program that we're doing, but, uh, and that's how we plant the seed, right? We plant the seed by going in and introducing the profession and promoting the profession, but it's also, if the seed's going to grow, it's going to have to be watered. And so one, one of the ways we do that is through mentorship. And so we want our, uh, uh, not old, but seasoned. Some of us guys who who are starting to turn gray uh, and who have been around for a little bit, we want to uh, create opportunities where we can um, really provide meaningful mentorship to the next group of leaders coming up in, in uh, local government. So that is in, in kind of a holistically or a high level uh, explanation of what our goals are this coming year. Uh, we we hope to, we're, uh, hope to retool our uh, members in partnership program and kind of reinvigorate that and make sure that we're supporting the managers and encouraging them to make sure that we're making connections with the universities so that we can uh, interact with students and um, figuring out how we do a better job of doing that. Uh, but we also want to make sure we have a very successful intercollegiate bowl. Uh, for you who've been at the conference, know uh, if you're anywhere around the room that that bowl is taking place, you know it's taking place. Uh, <laughs> it's really an exciting part of the annual conference. And so uh, we want to make sure, we want to work really hard this year to make sure it is as successful this year as it's been in, life, in previous years. Great, great goals, really great committee. And, um, and, and 
an absolutely vital committee, I would think, um, as we're as we're trying to recruit young people into the into the profession. It's it's really important that we continue to reach out to them and make sure that they're excited and interested and prepared when they get there. So Joey and Brian, let's talk a little bit about the university partnership. How is Texas A&M specifically preparing students for careers in city management? And what kinds of advice are you giving them? Well, um, so uh, when I arrived uh, about four years ago, uh, the dean at the time, who's now the interim president of the university, and our department head, uh, Dr. Laurie Taylor, uh, the president now being uh, Mark Welsh, General Mark Welsh, um, have a vested inter- had a vested interest in not just focusing on the federal and state level of government, but on the local government. Because as uh, Tegan now capitalized on what he said, local government is where the rubber meets the road, right? So, you know, if you think about uh, the area levels of government, the federal level and trying to make an impact and at the state level, even trying to make an impact on your community, it's really about local government that uh, really drives kind of, um, you know, where people choose to live, where people desire to shop, uh, you know, make, uh, educate, those types of things. And so um, the mission was um, to bring on an individual and, and uh, Joey uh, had mentioned the name uh, Paul Hoffman, who's a distinguished retired city manager now with the university uh, here, been a city manager for, I think, 30 plus years in the state and really grow uh, local government and the opportunities that are available. And so uh, the mission of the local government and local governance program in the Bush School is to do exactly what uh, Corby just shared, uh, which is plant seeds and then water them and grow. And at the same time, bring forward opportunities that maybe uh, are unclear. Uh, what, what does local government provide? And we can go down that path and say it's public works, it's planning, it's engineering, it's uh, parks and recreation, it's finance. And these are those elements that I think we bring to the students on an academic and practical level that say, here are these opportunities. You know, I've had a student, for example, come in and say, well, you know, my undergraduate major was communications. How does that fit and align with the Bush School and being in public service? Well, have you heard of what a public information officer does for the city? or for a jurisdiction? Uh, are you aware of the communication needs, uh, interoperability with the counties and the state? Oh, wow, uh, it was mentioned grant writing. How do we teach those skills? Um, you know, we're kind of giving those foundational skills. And then as everybody knows, every city's unique in the context of life and, and needs of the citizens. But there's also some generalities that transcend throughout all cities, right? Which is, for example, streets and roads. Is the cost of providing streets and roads, the physical cost, the same in every city? Pretty much. Uh, if you And that crosses over from state to state, right? It, it, I say it costs what it costs to put in a street and road. Now, how you maintain those services, how you provide them, how you design those streets, that's unique to each community. And uh, so we try to provide the core foundation at the Bush School, and at the same time, allow our practicing professionals, such as the cities are represented here, provide those unique opportunities for Tegan and others to experience so that they can decide where their careers go. And Joey, how does it work on the on the 
city end um, when you're working with the university. You touched on it before, but tell us a little bit about the details and how you how you get involved with the, the university. Well, sure. We we are uh, number one again. We are privileged to have a world class. Of course, I'm a, I'm an Aggie speaking <laughs> about <laughs> this about this great university. We're all Aggies on the line here. Uh, but but really, you know, there's it's it's a very uh, large school if you think about it, or, or a series of schools, and many of them touch on public service. And I would I will say, and again, as being part of the planning advisory committee, we're always struggling with how to get attention, get the attention of seventy plus thousand students about hey, they, over here, there's this there's this very fulfilling, um, you know, uh, calling of public service. And I think I think um, you know a lot of times it, you know again there, we've got so much so many strengths in other departments and other schools within uh, the Texas A&M University system, and we're you know it's, it's growing leaps and bounds. But anyway, that's that's always quite frankly a challenge. But once uh, you know we, we get their attention, uh, and again on the local level, we we really try to again through the internship, and then again being able to go into the classroom and, and be able to interact is to talk about some of the practical local things they can go out and see and feel and, and participate in. And uh, so we, we, that's kind of our approach. And again, um, you know, not just in the city manager's department, I think uh, as, as Brian just mentioned, you know, we've, we've got employees that have, you know, degree, have, uh, you know, public service degree or have a, uh, a master's degree from the Bush school that are in the public works department. You know, they're in the communications department. They're all parts of the city. And uh, it all, again, it, it's it's it relates in so many areas. And uh, I, I would I guess what my interface is mainly has been as president of the region seven TCMA is to really engage with students uh, in several ways. One of them, Corby just mentioned, was the intercollegiate bowl. And again, we, we were really privileged to have uh, the participation last year and I'm on a committee that we're looking to, uh, you know, again, make sure that that is relevant and, and continues to, to grow and you get as many students from all the, the schools in the state to come out uh, and be able to come to the conference uh, and not just uh, participate in the in the bowl, but, uh, you know, to to interact and to network with, you know, city managers and have some mentoring that goes on, uh, maybe not just at the annual conference, but, you know, uh, other opportunities. Uh, and then secondly, uh, and, and we've been privileged to be able to do this through Region 7, as well as TCMA in general, is to offer conference scholarships so that students that, uh, you know, may not be able to, you know, afford coming to a conference. I think this next year it's in Corpus Christi, if I'm correct, or maybe, yeah, somewhere down there. <laughs> uh, we are, we're, you know, there's a challenge getting students there. And so, you know, to be able to, the membership is very eager to to offer um, you know, conference scholarships. And I think for just our region, we had five last year and then we'll want to do at least that many this year. But uh, anyway, those are a couple of ways that we try to engage with the students and uh, and make that connection and interface with them. And Corby, I imagine that you would, you would, I know that the folks in Bryan and College Station are very lucky to have the Bush School right next to them, and you want everyone to to work with A and M. But, but, but every every town that is that is close by a university, I would imagine you would encourage them to reach out to their universities and and try to establish a partnership. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we have so many wonderful institutions all over the state of Texas that are doing really good work. 
and so, yeah, we, we would truly be successful if no, no university is left out. So, Tegan, tell us a little bit about your studies and your internship and how they how they play into your plans for the future. What are your plans for the future, first of all? Yeah, I mean, so I guess starting with my plans, I mean, my plans are obviously to eventually become a city manager. You know, that kind of sounds far off at the moment, but definitely just, you know, start to work my way up in local government, you know, after graduation. But how they play into those plans, uh, you know, as Dr. Nakamura and Joey have talked about, um, obviously, my studies and my internship, you know, are both just giving me the basic tools for a career in local government, you know, whether that's learning about the budgeting process in my budget class right now, or, you know, learning how to write you know, professional city documents with my internship. Um, but I think as Joey kind of touched on the most important part about both of my experiences are just the connections, I guess, that I'm starting to make. Um, you know, at the Bush School, we have Dr. Nakamura and Paul Hoffman, who are retired city managers in a bunch of other local government scholars, you know, that I get to learn from every day and make meaningful relationships with. Um, and then at the city, you know, I obviously get to form relationships with the people in our office like Joey and Hugh, but, you know, the city also makes a really big effort to get me connected with other professionals. You know, like, for example, this year, the city sent me to the TCMA conference in Allen. And um, beyond that, you know, Hugh and Joey really took time out of their uh, days at the conference to introduce me to as many professionals as possible. So, you know, I, I just think that the Bush School and my internship are really giving me a solid network to, I guess, springboard me into my professional career. You think you'll go to the next conference, which we found out is in South Padre. You were close, Joey. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. I mean, South Padre sounds like a pretty premier location. So I'm hoping I get to make that one. <laughs> and what do you think a future in city management looks like for you? How will it be different from what the profession looks like right now, do you think? You know, I mean, that, that's kind of, it, it's hard for me to tell because I've only been here for, you know, a short time. And one of the biggest things for me, I guess, kind of not answering your question, but uh, one of the biggest things for me is figuring out what type of city I guess I want to be in. You know, I've tried to figure out if I want to be in a big city like Austin or San Antonio or be in a small city. And, you know, originally I thought I would want to be in a bigger city, but now I'm learning, you know, that smaller cities allow a lot of opportunities for young professionals to get involved in, I guess, every aspect of city governance. So um, I guess, you know, the important thing is that I just find a community that I really believe in and um, I get to be in a position that, you know, I get to make a meaningful impact in that community. So, you know, going back to Brian, my wife and I are new here. We're originally from Missouri. We just moved here in August. And I think that's what made what's made my internship so great because Brian quickly became, you know, our new home. And with my internship, I feel like I'm actually, you know, in a position where I'm doing a lot of good. I know that sounds crazy just being an intern, but they do give me an opportunity to do a lot of cool things. So, you know, as long as I find something like that, I think I'm gonna be really happy. So um, any of you who'd, who'd like to answer this question, I, I'd like to know how you think this upcoming generation is different from the current one and what they bring to the table and what their needs are that may be a little bit different from the generation that's in place right now. You know, I mean, I, I'll throw yeah, something. Yeah, Tegan, I'm sure you, you have know, some thoughts my, on that. Yeah, in my unprofessional, you know, relatively unprofessional opinion, <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest thing about my generation is everybody my age definitely stresses this whole work-life balance idea, um, you know, and I've quickly learned in city management that might not exist. It's definitely a 24-7, 365 days a year job. You know, so uh, 
I don't know. I just think my generation is definitely going to try to use all the tools that we have, whether that's technology or this new AI chat GBT stuff um, to really try to find creative ways to find a work-life balance. Um, I don't know if we de- necessarily need that, you know, generations before us have definitely pushed through, but it's definitely something my generation wants. Good to know. Uh, what else the rest of you, have you, have you observed or have you learned, Brian? You know, I think, um, technology. Um, I always say, you know, there's the, the, the Richard Florida quotes, these three T's talent, technology, and tolerance. And I think, you know, every community has talent. Look at uh, our professionals that are online. And I include Tegan in that, you know, Joey and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Corby, they're excellent professionals and we've all adapted to the technology. I think, uh, especially Corby and, and Joey, um, and I've had to, and, and that's not something that we, that's going to happen in this coming generation. That's just, uh, it's, it's a natural, right? You're good. You know, the access to technology, the, the, the immediate responses, the social media issues, those are all emerging issues that have come and are, and are here to stay. So we've had to adapt to those. And I, I don't think that's going to be an adaptation anymore. And so when Tegan mentioned the work-life balance, um, I think this generation, our generation has absorbed it versus the coming generation, which isn't really going to necessarily absorb anymore. They're just going to say, okay, we have these parameters and these are the confines and what constructs in which we work. And we're going to see that not just at the administrative level. I think we're going to see it at the policymaking level as well. And so, you know, right now we're kind of in this kind of gap what I call, you know, the, the generational gap is, as many would refer to it as. But what I mean by that is not a negative. It's just that we need to come together and coalesce or, you know, at least align ourselves with, hey, there's a balance there. We can't continue to absorb more technology uh, opportunities but in the current generation, but we can certainly understand them, the importance of that. And the other is the tolerance. Um, you know, we, we, we are changing society uh you know a lot of you're seeing that in the policies that are coming at the federal state level and yet at the local level we still realize the dynamics of diversity the dynamics of having an integrated and 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 cohesive community that works together that educates together and so those aren't going to change necessarily i think they're just going to become more embedded in uh local government and so hopefully that helps to you know kind of support what I think Tegan's correct, uh, the work-life balance, but also the understanding that, um, you know, times change. I mean, uh, I think we all tend to say that, but we don't want, as much as we want change, we don't want change. And so, uh, or it's okay for others to change. It's just not okay for us to change, right? So. But I do think we have a generation that uh, not only will tolerate change, uh, but will embrace it and, and, and push for it. Uh, I think that we have a generation that is uh, much more embracing of different ideologies and mindsets. Uh, and I think we have a, a generation that's, I'm going to use the term a lot uh, more fearless. I mean, they're willing to to push that envelope in ways that that we've not seen in years past. So so I'm encouraged by, by what I see. I agree with what's been said. And I just I, I think about what this we call it the current generation. I don't know how we define the current one, but right. or upcoming. But uh, but uh, to say that they have been through so much. I mean, this pandemic, you know, during while they're trying to get educated, while they're trying to begin their careers, 
those kinds of challenges we never had, uh, never, in, not even close. And I think that they've developed a resiliency and they come out the other side of this and see a lot of opportunity, you know, to, to, uh, to, to do things differently. And again, I think, um, you know, I look at my own organization and there's a lot of us are getting ready to retire at one time, just about. <laughs> and so, you know, that, I think, um, again, that's always a challenge, but, um, you know, I, I do think, uh, we've got to do more to, uh, attract, you know, the interest and, and fill those, those gaps, but also do things differently. And I think that's the expectation. You know, when it comes to things like work-life balance, um, you know, Tegan's generation um, has understood not only the importance of work-life balance, but also how to achieve it. He touched on that a little bit. And, you know, city managers, we, we feel like we have to be always thinking about what's going on in the city, but you can turn off for a little while and the city will still be there <laughs> and everything will still be flowing and you can check on it, you know, from your phone or whatever, but you don't have to like be absolutely 100% in front of it all the time for it to still function. And I think that that's something that Tegan's generation knows how to do. And maybe they will bring that. Maybe that's an opportunity for cities. Do you all think that that's, that, that's just an example um, of the type of thing that they might, this generation might bring? Tracy, may I add to that? I, yeah. I think that's true. Um, but, you know, going back to why we're here, um, I, I do think, and, and I respect that with Tegan, I think that that work-life balance, and I think, uh, uh, you know, what was shared uh, was probably better presented than I, I shared. But I, I do think there's this service above self philosophy that we all are ingrained. I mean, Tegan being here at the Bush School isn't because he's saying, gee, my degree is going to get me this. It's what can I give? And this goes back to that uh, legend of George H.W. Bush, right, about public service being a noble calling. So when you think about it in that context, you think about it as the service above self. And so you may find yourself saying, I need to create this work-life balance, but then it'll kind of morph into a little different. And, uh, you know, that that's just something I think we all want to share with the incoming generation is that, yes, there there's definitely a need for work-life balance. I think we as professionals reflect upon that on a daily basis saying, okay, I need to turn the phone off. I need to, you know, step away from technology. But at the same time, we still worry and, and have concern or, you know, how are the citizens doing? How are how are the policymakers doing? Um, that's never going to go away. Uh, and even as much as I've stepped away, I still read or listen to Corby's news or Joey's news and have that compassion to, or that compelling uh, desire to try to, you know, help or fix or do that. So, uh, oh, sure. I mean, even as I said that, um, I, I I serve as the the public information officer for a city. And on my birthday, I was in New Orleans and we were having a crisis with, with water. Um, we had a water crisis where we had to shut the water down for a little while. And um, I had to like get off of my, <laughs> get out, leave breakfast on Bourbon Street and go to a quiet place and get into a meeting with everybody to talk about the crisis and how we were going to handle the public information for it. So, you know, even though you you say that you'll turn it off, it doesn't always happen. And, um, and you know, there'll be a balance and, and there'll be a, but I think that the new generation will maybe come up with some good ideas for how to handle that balance, um, which is great. So um, we, we've talked a lot about about the, the future generation and their needs and kind of some of the the 
opportunities that they might bring to cities. And we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges that this up and coming generation might face. Let's talk about how we're going to prepare our cities and our elected officials for the city managers who might be bringing new and different perspectives to the position, because that's another part of the puzzle, right? We have, we have the, the, the staff and we have the city itself, but we also have elected officials who have to buy into these new city managers, right? And be, be prepared for them. And we also have a city in general who may be used to things being done in a certain way. They're used to city managers doing things the way city managers do them now. And we have a new generation coming in that may be doing things a little bit differently. And we're preparing our city managers for that at TCMA, trying to help you all, you know, get ready for that. And the city managers of tomorrow uh, committee, of course, is doing that. How are you reaching out to elected officials to help them understand as well that that change may be coming and it's not necessarily bad? Well, if I could add my, I, I don't know how well this is going to respond to that, but right. but I do think it's going to be uh, important for us to uh, understand that that while particularly as we, we mentioned earlier, uh, we have. Uh, a wonderful group of up and coming leaders that are going to embrace change and, and change the world and, and do some really great things. Um, we, we have less control over our elected officials. Right. And so um, that change uh, is going to be more tempered. Uh, it, it is going to require some patience. You know, the what's this expression? You know, it's a uh, the way you turn a ship is little bit by little bit. And so we're going to have to understand that 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 uh, we have. Uh, elected that are, may not, and I think uh, quite frequently will not uh, embrace change as quickly as change is really called for it. So uh, if I had, I, I think we're going to have to learn some patience. I think we're going to have to um, uh, slowly but surely uh, explain to them, hey, here's why the change. It, it's it's almost like a, a training, so to speak. We're going to have to train adults uh, that, hey, there's 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 a new norm coming. And and uh, if we're gonna be on, if we're gonna ride this wave, here's how we're gonna have to do it. Um, go ahead, Brian. Were you about to say something? No, I I was just okay. gonna paraphrase Corby because that's exactly you know I mean I've had many conversations with you know policymakers, um, a pat you know just recently that I've worked with, and you know they're expressing some concerns about you know the thinking and and so I have to remind them that um, you know uh, if you reflect on your own children and the way they're navigating life is it the same way you did and would and ultimately you know inevitably the answer is typically no they're definitely thinking well I mean again uh you know you can't understand change if you can't expect it to happen right so well lots of lots of challenges and opportunities ahead um what Stacey? what kind yes Yes, I'm sorry, Joey. Uh, no, no, I was just going to mention uh, something kind of interesting. You know, Corby and I, uh, you know, have to be careful about what we say about interacting with council members. But Brian doesn't have to uh, because uh, <laughs> I know he's got a lot of war stories about how to educate councils over over a number of uh, years in, in another state, three, you know, three states away. But but, uh, you know, again, <laughs> there are. And I, and I will say with Tegan, uh, and, and, and just to be real here, we, we, we coach him a little bit on what you might expect going to, you know, a city where the council might not be in tune at all or might be in tune with, you know, with uh, 
you know, particular self-interest or whatever. I don't want to sound negative here, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, again, those are the challenges. I think the new generation needs to be prepared to face and you go into any kind of community, it's unpredictable, you know, kind of the political uh, situation in a, in a, in a, in a, in a community. And, and that relationship between the city manager and the council is critical uh, to be able to speak truth, be able to say uh, without uh, with safety, with safety, you know, that, uh, hey, th this is what needs to happen or, you know, to have that kind of relationship. And I don't know if that relates to your question, but you were asking about how to, you know, how to communicate with council members. And um, and that's, you know, in, in particularly communities where uh, that leadership changes all the time, you know, might be, you know, due to term limits or, or other things. But um, I just mentioned that as, again, that's a skill set and, and, and it just might take experience to do it, but it, it you know, it's just being aware of, of those types of dynamics. But thank you. No, it's a complicated subject and I appreciate your, your insight on that because it's, it is a complicated relationship. And um, I, I brought it up because, because that relationship is so complicated. It's just another dynamic that we have to take into effect or into account when we're, when we're thinking about bringing on a new generation who have new ideas and new ways of thinking, um, you know, we've got these elected officials who who also need to need to be prepared for that. So all, all really, really great insights. So I appreciate it so much. Um, to conclude today, let's let's I'd, I'd love to tell our listeners who are TCMA members and maybe potential TCMA members and maybe people who are thinking about the profession. What kind of advice do you have for our listeners about how they can get involved with preparing our future leaders? for this profession? Or yeah, I'll start, start. Go ahead, Tim. Um, I think, you know, uh, my school, the Bush School, and a lot of other programs, you know, not only in Texas, but around the country are requiring internships for part of their programs. So um, I think just internships are definitely one of the greatest ways just to get us involved. You know, Joey's talked a lot about how important, you know, the internship is in the city of Bryan and how it's kind of a pipeline. You know, a lot of uh, interns in Brian actually end up working for Brian. Uh, so I think that's just a great way. I mean, and at my school in particular, uh, everybody was looking for internships for the summer and about half the class didn't really know what they were going to do. So I think internships like Corby was kind of talking about earlier are a great way to, I guess, plant that seed and show people that local government is actually an option. I, I would just chime in and say, uh, internships and mentorships. I think they're, they're, they're both very, very important uh, to cultivate uh, the seeds that we're trying to plant. You know, I would say we need to start early. We need to, uh, you know, I, there are programs that we can go into, you know, schools, uh, you know, and then, of course, not just graduate programs. Internships are all part of that. But the sooner we can get, you know, out there and really kind of describe what city management and, you know, what a career, uh, you know, a, a, again, how fulfilling a career in, in local government is, the better. And, uh, you know, I see a lot of, you know, I interact with high school students and, and undergraduates that uh, they, you know, again, they get excited about it. They, they see those opportunities. And um, again, the sooner, the better. Great. And Dr. Nakamura, we'll let you have the last word since you've got oh you're, you're working on you've you've been on both sides of the both sides of the fence here. Yeah, you know, um, I appreciate that, and I think what Corby and, and Joey say are so relevant, and Tegan as well. You know, there's nothing better than just reaching out. Okay, that networking component. I I have 
and I'm not going to put words in Joey and <laughs> in Corby's mouth, but we love to talk about the profession because we take pride in what we do, right? And so I, I don't know one city manager who won't or is, is in the profession that won't share knowledge and wisdom with the students and experiences, right? And at the same time, we at the Bush School haven't experienced any students who don't want to learn, who don't want that real world experience to be part of that because success doesn't come from just trial and error. It comes from learning and engaging and, and having that ability to grow from our current leaders, but then develop their own ideas and ideologies to share with the world. And I think that's where we're in this nexus. And that's why I think some of that tension is just that we know change is here, but how do we go about making that happen? And I think uh, the internships, the fellowships, um, the relationships that we've built uh, with the cities, the city of Laporte, the city of Bryan, the city of College Station, those are all just tremendous assets um, that we need to capitalize on. And uh, as long as we continue to have students like Tegan come through the program, we know we're going to be successful. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you all being here today to talk to us about um, the City Managers of Tomorrow Committee, all the work that you're doing. Tegan, thank you for taking the time to come here and tell us your perspective. We really appreciate it and need it. Um, so thank you all for your time. We really look forward to it. And we will um, we'll, we'll definitely bring you back again to talk about where you've been and, and what you're doing, Tegan. I hope to have you on as a city manager someday. Thank you so much to our guests, Corby Alexander, Joey Dunn, Brian Nakamura, and Tegan Trammell. To learn more about the TCMA City Managers of Tomorrow Committee, please visit our website at tcma.org. Perspectives is brought to you by the Texas City Management Association, or TCMA. Our podcast is written and produced by me, Stacey Ford Osborne. You can learn more about TCMA online at tcma.org, and you can make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Stacey Ford Osborne. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to bringing you a new episode soon. <laughs>